Welcome in to the Cover 5 podcast slash show. I am your host. You can find me on Twitter at Jordan Vanek BFS. As always, I am joined by my co-host at HiloFF over on the Twitter. Hilo, we got a 10-game slate this weekend. How, how do you feel knowing that we have less games to break down, but we also have that three-game Saturday slate to, to warm us up for the weekend? Yeah, no rest for the wicked on my end, man. So I, I broke down the entirety of the Saturday slate over one week season, just got done with my games for the Sunday slate. So I'm a little bit behind for Sunday action. Um, uh, oh, CJ Stroud and Nico Collins both not practicing. So we were just talking about that. Um, yeah. yeah, dude. So this, uh, I like the the smaller slates. And this one is very, very unique and interesting from the sense that like the entirety of the morning games or the early games are oh. like real bad <laughs> on paper. It's all there's under 40 spots. point totals. Yeah. There's some spots for, for one-offs, mini correlations. Like there's some interest in the green Bay and the Tampa Bay game, just because both those offenses are expected to be concentrated. Um, there's some other spots, but yeah, like the bulk of the heavy lifting is probably going to be done in the afternoon um, with all three, whether well, there's four afternoon, three afternoon. Yeah. All three yeah. of the afternoon games are like, have the potential to just like you could just build a you could build DFS <laughs> rosters for the for the main slate just from players from those three games and I think um like have a chance to still ship. Yeah, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of lineups that are actually like that. And that's just yeah. a unique slate, unique opportunity. It's unique for that one PM only slate because obviously all the good players are left off left off of it. So you're gonna see a lot of guys um be it's going to be really interesting with projections and stuff, but let's get into it. Let's start with our first game. The San Francisco 49ers are traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Who do you like in this one, Hilo? I mean, it starts and ends. Not ends, but it starts with Christian McCaffrey. Um, the, the, this dude, I mean, yeah, like we can look at his box scores and be like, yeah, this dude put up 51 points or 50 burger last time these two teams played. But like he is so... Um, I just like just he's so integral to this offense um, that most of what we're talking about when we talk about the 49ers runs through what Christian McCaffrey, what this run game can do. Um, there's some very, very interesting components as far as like talking theoretics about how to build around that or to leverage off of that on the slate. But um, yeah, this this game, I think now that we've seen kind of some tendencies out of the Cardinals that they're not going to lay over and die. They're coming off their bye week. There's a lot of interesting potential upside cases to be made with this spot. So yeah, it starts with, with CMC. Obviously Brock Purdy is capable of, of throwing for something like 303 plus in this spot. Um, just leveraging the touchdown variance there. Um, obviously Brandon Ayuk is in an elite spot uh, in this matchup. Um, a little bit less so for Debo Samuel. Tip typically what we see with Debo is his usage um, and schemed usage really go way, way up when they're playing an opponent that is able and capable of generating pressure. That is not the Cardinals. So we're likely to see George Kittle in routes at a higher rate. We're likely to see more time for Brock Purdy to allow Brandon Ayuk, um, allow his routes to develop. Um, so yeah, like the, the Brock Purdy double, with Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle completely on the table here. Um, and I know you have some interesting thoughts about the other side, so I'll kick it back to you for that, man. Yeah, we have the Cardinals potentially getting back Michael Wilson, and that is the player that I would want to run back with a Brock Purdy stack. And the reasoning is because against quarters coverage, which the 49ers are now living in because they now believe that their pass rush is just going to get home, 
And right now they're also kind of beat up on the secondary uh, side of the ball. Greg Dorch has a huge target per route run with Kyler Murray at quarterback against quarters. Uh, teams like to play quarters against running quarterbacks because you have this umbrella where you're all focusing in on the backfield, which obviously Kyler Murray is a runner. You want to be paying attention to him when he escapes. Michael Wilson had a big game against them the first time around. Uh, 49ers are pretty beat up on their back end. I think he can have another big game in this spot and at in the 3K pi- price range. Like it's a perfect guy to get to, um, considering all the chalk going to like guys like Demarcus Robinson, which is a yeah. really interesting one because he is officially a full time player in this Rams offense. And I think even when two two, uh, or with two two, I think he's going to maintain that role because he was getting jump balls to end the the game against. Marlon Humphrey, like <laughs> Matt Stafford was trusting yeah. him in spots like that. So I think that the guy is going to play snaps this upcoming weekend and it allows you to kind of get that uniqueness um, in this spot entirely. I don't really have any interest or Hollywood Brown is a fine play. Again, he's the same type of player he's always been. It's going to take a deep ball and he's been getting him against with Kyler Murray. They just have not been able to connect and his price at 5,100 is an easy run back. I think that's another way to get unique. Um, obviously it's not the game that you'd expect to shoot out, but with the injuries San Fran's got on their injury report right now, if you see some of those star players not be in the lineup, like you just said, the Cardinals are not rolling over and dying. Tyler Murray is trying to prove like, Hey, I'm still this franchise guy. I think they could score some points and keep it fun. And again, Brock Purdy averaged 14 yards per attempt in their first matchup. (laughs) If they couldn't run their quarter scheme. They, they weren't able to because you put two safeties. I don't care if they're 10 yards off the ball. They're still two safeties deep. You have a light box against the 49ers. McCaffrey is going to absolutely gash you play, yeah. play after play. So definitely don't mind a mini of McCaffrey and Michael Wilson. Definitely don't mind the Brock Purdy doubles. I definitely mean Ayuk because, again, Cardinals are playing a lot of cover three because uh, they're going to need to to bring a player in the box. And Brandon Ayuk against cover three is probably the best receiver in the NFL. One of. Yeah. Uh, and huge target share for the 49ers team. Any other things you like to add there? Uh, nope. No, dude, dude. Don't need any James Conner, so don't be playing him at the running back position. Don't want to go that route. The game that I have a lot of interest in the 1 p.m.s is the Giants and the Saints. That's not a game that I expected to be invested in, but we know the Giants with Wart Martindale, they're going to blitz. They're going to give you man coverage. They're going to give you single high. They're not going to give some of their corners help. Deontay Banks is that corner, and he's going to travel with Chris Olave. He did some traveling in that Packers game, and overall he's done it throughout the season against some of the great guys. He's a good corner. He is someone that I expect to be a longtime player for the uh, Giants, but great players can beat great corners, and Chris Olave is that great player. Against single high coverage this year, he's getting targeted on 31% of his routes run. He has 2.84 yards per route run. And then on top of it, you have Derek Carr, who is going to get blitzed. When Derek Carr's been blitzed this season, five or more pass rushers, he averages 8.3 yards per attempt. If he gets blitzed and he sees single high, that number goes to 9.2. That's on about 80 dropbacks, so it's not a significant sample size. But when Derek Carr sees that he can throw the ball down the field, he's going to do so. Chris Olave is going to be the main beneficiary there. I don't mind A.T. Perry just because of his the way he, uh, the physique, the fact that he's 
3,500. And if you're going to double Derek Carr, he's a fine player to go with it. On top of it, the Giants run defense. They give up a ton of rushing touchdowns. Uh, that's just because teams get to the goal line by these deep shot plays and corners get tackled there. And as a result, you're going to see a lot of goal line rushing touchdowns. Taysom Hill does not suit up. I believe he, uh, he's still on the injury report. It could be wrong about that. Kamara in a double with Derek Carr and Olave is totally viable, totally fine. I also don't even really hate Jamal Williams with Derek Carr and Olave on the 1 p.m. early. If you're only going to play the 1 p.m. window, I don't mind that double just because, again, Jamal Williams saw some opportunities last weekend. This is a game where I don't expect the Giants to be super competitive, but if they do and the Saints end up scoring some points, you could see some Jamal Williams goal line touchdowns to kind of tie it all together. And then on the Giants side of things, with Tommy DeVito, a quarterback, they, they're starting to look competent. They're starting to trust him to do more things. They're also getting super creative with their play calling. Brian Dable's just having fun back there, just getting some of these jet sweeps, some of these quick passing games and letting their first and second round picks play like first and second round picks. For me, I really like Jalen Hyatt in this spot. Jalen Hyatt is a guy that I saw against the Patriots have, I believe, a 97-yard receiving game. DeVito is trusting him on these deep balls. The Saints play a ton of man coverage. Marshawn Lattimore is not there. Tyron Matthew has been playing some of the slot uh, players in this uh, in recent weeks. I think Jalen Hyatt can see some snaps in that area of the field. And if Tyron, Tyron Matthew is guarding Jalen Hyatt in the slot, I think Brian Dable is just going to trust his quarterback to throw it deep to him. Again, we're looking for some of these 3K, get different options. I love Jalen Hyatt this weekend. Don't really think I'm going to get to Wandale just because he's – Way too popular, and the matchup isn't as great for like a low A dot type person. I want the big play in this matchup. How are you feeling, Hilo? I know you uh, you hate Wandale Robinson, so you, yes, you don't, you don't like. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> uh, I'm not going anywhere near this unless it's the New Orleans defense. To be honest, um, okay. I think uh, I mean like two of the largest defensive fantasy. Uh, games this season have come against the Giants. Um, yeah, they were both yes. with Daniel Jones, but like, who's who's Danny Tommy DeVito? Um, oh, I think he was better. Come on, I know. Uh, oh, come on, come on, <laughs> come on, come on. Where's it? There, there it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I would much prefer to go to the New Orleans defense here. Um, I think they're not going to gain a lot of steam just because they're priced up at what three point eight on the slate. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong about that, um, but I think they're not going to see a lot of steam. Uh, typically, people don't like paying up for defense, and I will gladly take that. Yeah, I mean, I again, I think the Saints can have the big play. Chris Olave is my favorite player in this game. Again, I'm looking for these 1 p.m. windows. Who could, from the 1 p.m. slate, get into that 27, 30-point output? I think that's Chris Olave for me. Um, Saquon Barkley, I'm not really getting to just because of the pricing. I don't hate them if you really want a mini that and get like super unique from the field. But other than that, I'm not getting into that game much. So let's kick it to the next one. You have that Dallas Buffalo game. I think this game is super interesting for DFS. How are you approaching this one? I think the field is going to struggle to get to this one. Um, there's a lot of places where it's very clear where the field is likely to go. And again, I haven't looked at ownership because I've been so, uh, I've been so into the Saturday slate and I normally don't even look at ownership for Sunday until Saturday morning uh, or Friday evening. So I don't know, but the feeling I get is that we're going to see the field prioritize 
um, Kyron Williams. We're going to see the field prioritize like Christian McCaffrey. We're going to see the field prioritize um, San Francisco passing options, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Um, I don't know if the field is going to get to the pieces from this game because they're so costly. Um, and when you're when you're talking about like, do I pay ninety two hundred for C D Lamb or do I pay ninety three hundred for Christian McCaffrey? It's probably going to reside with Kip McCaffrey um, from a generalized like what what we expect from the field. So this game now becomes pretty interesting um, because I think the the fact that the Buffalo Bills defense is now healthier and playing better, the fact that they're top five in points allowed per game, the fact that we know we've seen what Dallas can do on defense. I think those biases kind of creep in here, not realizing that like this game probably carries the highest chance of pure shootout on the slate. Um, we have the desperation factor for Buffalo. They need they need to win out basically um, to have a chance at the postseason. Yeah, they could get some help, but there's like there's five teams ahead of them in the standings in the AFC at seven and six, I think. Um, so like, yeah, they need <laughs> this is desperation time. So you talk about like desperation, Josh Allen with the with the training wheels off that were kind of placed on him this season by Ken Dorsey. Uh, there's some upside there. Um, so like that includes Gabe Davis. That includes Stefan Diggs. That includes Don Kincaid. Dawson Knox is probably going to be forgotten about on the slate. He has some upside because we've seen the red zone role. We've seen, and I didn't look at their, their 12 personnel usage last season, but I seem to remember Dawson Knox was on the field a, a good bit. Have you looked at that data? Yes, they. I was actually going to bring that up in just a little bit. I'll, I'll let well, you there, there's your that. lead in, bro. There's yeah. your lead in. Oh, so <laughs> I mean, so for starters, I'm intrigued with this game because of they abandoned 11 personnel this past week, like not completely abandoned it. But when Docs and Knox and Dalton Kincaid are both healthy on the full on the season, when they're both active, their yeah. 11 personnel usage is 29th in the NFL at 47 percent. What was they're, what did they do last week? Last week with Joe Brady, it was, again, same rate. It was 46% 11, 29% 12. They used okay. a lot of 21 uh, to get James Cook, just the ball of the linebacker mismatch in their opinion. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, again, they went from like a 70% uh, 11 personnel rate to a 46% in the first game that Dawson knocks back. And then you talk about like Josh Allen specifically. When he throws from 11 or 12, 74 percent completion rate 7.8 yards per attempt six to two td to int ratio with on 103 dropbacks he's also running on those yeah when he throws out of 11 this year again bigger sample size 363 dropbacks 12 interceptions mm -hmm. 15 touchdowns he averaging 6.8 yards per attempt so he's and a 64 wow. percent completion rate so it's like a 33 percent increase in, his from 12 yeah, his completion rate goes up significantly. His yards per attempt goes up by a full yard. Um, and then his interception to TD ratio is much different. It's not like he's forcing passes. It's it's a lot easier for him to read. And on top of it, when you go 12, like Kincaid Knox or Knox being the extra blocker for some of those and then leaking out, like it gives him more time to develop and see down the field. And then the simplistic throws of like Kincaid in the slot on a linebacker, Kincaid helping chip some of the defensive ends, like it's a huge benefit to them. And then you look at like the personnel when they throw out of 12 Diggs is averaging 2.9 yards per route run. He's got a 34% target share. Cause you take away a receiver on the field. 
Diggs all of a sudden becomes the main guy that Josh Allen obviously goes to. Uh, Diggs only has like a 26% target share when it's out of 11. So for me in this game, like I think I'm going to get to a mini in it for sure. I don't know if I'm going to get to the quarterbacks just because of the way I see some of the cheaper guys. However, a Jake Ferguson, Stefan Diggs mini, uh, like Tony Pollard, Stefan Diggs mini is I think going to get underplayed this weekend. And for me, like, I know the Bills' defense has been much better. They've also just been benefits of who they've been playing. Like, I know Philly, like, they played Philly and they played them pretty well. Philly's obviously gone through, like, a three- or four-week stretch of just an absolute gauntlet. That game was horrible from a weather standpoint. Like, weather, it was raining the whole time. It just wasn't a great game. And again, Jalen Hurts still threw for three touchdowns. Ran for one, 8.1 yards per attempt. He still had a really good game. They played Zach Wilson or Tim Boyle, 115 yards, or maybe it was Zach Wilson at the time. Don't recall. Denver, they lost in that game. Cincinnati, like the last team they played with the firepower and the consistency that Dallas has been playing with, Joe Burrow threw for 348 and uh, two touchdowns. Like obviously they're healthier now, so it's maybe a little different, but Dallas has been just beating anybody and everybody but now they're outdoors now it's in buffalo so i agree with you that the field's going to have these biases about dallas um i don't love this game for cd lamb in particular and the only reason that i have there is i i truly believe the buffalo is just going to double him or they're going to double him everywhere you go like yeah and from a scheme perspective i think the safeties of buffalo are better than some of the safeties that dallas has been able or been fortunate to play and like reading what CD Lamb's route tree is going to be and actually reacting to it. And as a result, again, you're going to get a lot of cover two, two high like shells. That's where Jake Ferguson's going to eat. Like Jake Ferguson over the middle of the field against these linebackers is the mismatch for Dallas, in my opinion. And I know you absolutely love Jake Ferguson and his red zone target trait and how he's just <laughs> going to have this multiple touchdown game eventually. And I think that multiple touchdown game comes today or this weekend against the Dallas or against the Buffalo Bills and a mini of Jake Ferguson and Stefan Diggs. It's just not what the field's going to play this weekend. So I like that shout. I also like Brandon Cooks. I think, I mean, at his price um, yeah. with the questionable tag is the illness. I mean, he's only 5,200. If he is basically manned up the entire day because um, the the Bills are either playing cover three or they're doubling uh, Stefan or CeeDee Lamb. Um, there can be some upside in there as well. So yeah, there's there's just a lot of interesting ways that you can go in this game and, and build differently than the field. Everything from like a Josh Allen double with a one or two player from Dallas bring back. Like you could play, like theoretically, you could like run a Josh Allen double with um, like James Cook and Stefan Diggs um, and bring it back with like Jake Ferguson and Brandon Cooks. Nobody's doing that this week. Just like completely diving into this game environment in ways that the field is not, and just saying like, "Hey, th- these th- these two teams in desperation mode because Dallas is um, fighting for the number one seed in the NFC, and and the Bills are fighting for their playoff lives." Like, we could see like an eighty point game that is within the range of outcomes in the spot. Like, it's not the likeliest scenario. The likeliest scenario is probably tightly around its median, so it's it's game total. Um, but there is some significant yeah. upside in the spot. Oh, I don't like James Cook this week, just to make that clear. Uh, the Cowboys, like, they've converted a strong safety to outside linebacker. So mm-hmm. I think that, like, that's not a matchup that 
James Cook is technically in a plus matchup. I think it's Christopher Bell. He's been phenomenal this year. Um, I think from a if I'm playing the quarterbacks, I'm definitely game like full game stacking. I'm not getting cute. I think you could go with like a Josh Allen, Diggs, Davis, Jake Ferguson, mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks. Like Allen, or you could just go Allen and Diggs. Right now. Like you could go Allen and Diggs, just those two, and just those two do it. And then you go with Brandon Cooks and Jake Ferguson as well. Like I don't, I don't think you need to get. Um, again, I, I don't. CD Lamb. I think if I play Dak, I have to play CD. I feel like his yeah. upside is carried through him. But yeah. I also don't hate a Dak, Brandon Cooks, Jake Ferguson from a theoretical like the salary relief of not getting to CD Lamb and what it gives you from the rest of the slate. Um, but again, Dak Prescott at AK. It's, a t- it's it's what he should be, but I just don't know yeah. if I'm going to do that in uh, in Buffalo this week. Pay the but, 200 extra for Josh Allen in the rushing upside. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And also, they're doing a lot more quarterback design runs from 12 mm-hmm. personnel. That's going to be even better. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, we like, like that. We like that. <laughs> like Dawson Knox is an awesome player. That like I feel like him and Josh have such a they have a connection that's like I'm going to run this guy over for you. And Josh Allen just thrives in that type of stuff. So again. I definitely agree. I think this game kind of not plays similarly to, but like the shootout potential, like what Miami and Buffalo did last year. Like, yeah, the game environment, just wow. Every big play, big play. Like, again, it's, it's one of those types feels. I don't hate Pollard in this one if I want a running back from it. But other than that, there's not much more to add to it. So let's move forward to the next game. Uh, Tampa Bay taking on the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. It's a pretty cool moment for Baker Mayfield, who recreated the Brett Favre scene for uh, when he got drafted. So he's playing in Lambeau Field. That's uh, probably big for him. I played Desmond Ritter against the Buccaneers last week. So, yeah, I've I've got interest in Jordan Love uh, this upcoming week. The only oh problem God. with this one is it's just not as concentrated. Like, with the Falcons, I knew it was Drake London. And I yeah. mentioned to you I was going to play him in 100% alliance. I played him in, like, 70. and it like. It was really easy to me to be like, all right, well, Drake London is getting the ball. The Packers, man, they, they have so many people in the injury report, which if obviously if Watson and Wicks get ruled out, makes it so much easier. But if they both play, then I think it gets not tougher, but like it's like how healthy are they? We've seen Watson multiple times with his hammy. Like it could pop yeah. at any moment. And then even on the season, like nobody has a 20% target share against the Blitz. Um, if Watson or and if Watson plays, he's been the best against like the primary coverages of the Packers. You're going to see a lot of cover three and a lot of blitzing and their blitzing isn't going to get home. So you're going to kind of get what we saw in that Detroit game where Jordan Love's going to have time in the pocket and time to throw. And if you haven't watched Jordan Love in the last few weeks, like Jordan Love's put on a show. Um, he's been playing really well. He's been missing a few things, but again, it's his first full year starting and being the guy. Not really yeah. surprised that he's missing some of these throws. Um, the only player that I actually don't like in this matchup is Romeo Dobbs. And it's just because he hasn't been winning against single high coverages. He's been their guy for too high. Obviously, he's gotten some red zone usage, so that boosts him. But if for a ceiling game from Jordan Love, I want Christian Watson, I want Jordan Reed, and or Jaden Reed, and I want uh, Dontavian Wicks. The only thing with Jaden Reed that frustrates me is the rushing usage that we see from this guy. And then on the flip, it's only two players. It's Mike Evans and Rashad White. I, I don't yeah. even want to go Godwin here. I don't think it's necessary. 
I think Mike Evans and Rashad White are the two guys. And if I play Jordan Love, I want both of them in my lineup because I want the full, I want the game environment to exceed expectations and go shoot out like the Raiders Chargers, dude. Go, <laughs> go score yeah, 63, that dude. That's God, that's what dude. we want the Packers to do this weekend, right? That's your opinion. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, that, that, that sounds great. <laughs> um, reading the situation, I would highly expect uh, Christian Watson to miss this week. Um, yep. Coming off his re-injury, the hamstring injury, the interesting, the interesting or the most interesting aspect of the Packers is Dontavian Wicks. The dude is like legitimately a target earner in this offense, but he has an ankle injury and it's been relatively close to the chest, uh, whether what kind of ankle injury it is, but the recent reports were that it's a high ankle sprain. So if that's the case, he was a DMP. They only had a walkthrough on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday, which typically you're not going to see from a high ankle injury. So I, w- I don't know what's going on um, as a Packers fan, but Wicks is very interesting. But if Wicks misses, Malik Heath is a yep. name to keep on your radar. Um, talented rookie. He slid because he didn't really play anywhere in college. Um, but that's kind of like what the Packers do. Um Hey, I've I've, ta- I've taken down some college football slates with Malik Heath. You be you be nice, uh, Malik Heath. No, no, no I like his, I'm with... saying the the Packers are good at identifying underrepresented, we'll say, wide receivers coming out. I mean, obviously, that's what they've made their He's, what they've tried to do. I mean, like Malik Heath is the best Ole Miss receiver from this draft. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right, I'll I take hate, it. I'll take I it. I hate Mango. <laughs> I, <just, laughs> I mean, I just, I just, I just don't like. Uh, well, I mean, first off, the touchdown he had against the uh, Giants this past week against mm-hmm. um, Deontay Banks was sick. That was, I mean, he's that again. I'm not. I don't. That I don't sick. really think that he's actually like a full time player going forward. But for this weekend in DFS, if you're doubling Jordan Love, I don't hate Malik Heath at all. If yeah. Ian Watson are out, because then exactly. he is their if- third receiver. He is the perimeter. He is the the deep guy because yep. Romeo Dobbs' role is not going to change regardless of who's playing alongside him on the perimeter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like yeah. if 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 both Watson and um Dontavian Wicks are out, like Malik Heath steps into that like upside role in this offense, which is yeah. what we need if you're playing Jordan Love. Um 100 percent So yeah, Malik Heath, he's only 3K. Keep an eye on that. Um, obviously a very clearly pass funnel matchup against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have been struggling recently or slipping, we'll say, against the run. But Vita Vea has been on the injury report. Both of their linebackers have been on the injury report. And finally, for the first time in a long time, both linebackers are expected to play and Vita Vea is expected to play. So, um, yeah, this should be considered back to like a primary pass funnel matchup. We also have AJ Dillon who busted up his thumb, probably not going to play if the reports are accurate that he broke a broke his thumb. Um, and it's on his dominant hand. Is that correct? I think if, it, if it's on whatever hand it's on, he's not rushing that way. <laughs> right? He's not going to yeah. hold in the opposite. Hand. No. Yeah, if yeah, he plays, exactly. he's, it's like you're going to know he's running left or he's blocking. And if you're blocking with a broken thumb, I don't know how effective you're going to be. Good luck. And then like Aaron Jones has missed the previous three games and he's trying to come back from injury. Um, There's also, I don't know. I don't think I have any interest in a guy like Patrick Taylor, but um, Patrick Taylor is a guy that 
in desperation mode, he's probably going to be the two minute offense back. Um, I don't think they want Aaron Jones, even if he plays, which does not is not a certainty right now um, in that role. A very interesting yeah. guy to keep on your radar, at least at 4.3, that allows you to get like CMC plus another top. The Josh um, Allen double. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that he, I mean, he could walk himself into six, seven targets in the spot um, and become viable if he scores. So I don't know. It's interesting guy to keep on your radar. But like, yeah, I'm with you with Romeo Dobbs. Um, I think that Jaden Reed is a very, very interesting play. You poo poo on the on the rushing stuff and the fact that like I mean he I hate it from him I hate it from his talent perspective yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously capable. that's bonus that's good you're getting your player the ball yeah but man just let the dude run routes <laughs> well it's come and gone is my rebuttal to that and I think his a dot was like two point something last week against the Giants yeah. because they were relentlessly blitzing and he was the outlet piece similar to what Debo. we see with Debo Samuel in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. Against a Buccaneers team who blitzes a lot, but they don't hit home. <laughs> that could be very different. So, um, and especially if the Buccaneers are blitzing, leading, leaving a guy like Jaden Reed in, in man coverage, um, that could spell trouble a la like what Debo Samuel has done to the Seattle Seahawks for forever. Um, so yeah, that that's a very high upside spot. I like Jaden Reed. I like Malik Heath. If Dontavian Wicks is out, I I'm operating under the assumption that Watson is out. So if Wicks is out as well, Malik Heath is very interesting. And I also think that Patrick Taylor is very interesting because I expect AJ Dillon to be out and Aaron Jones, they're not going to throw him directly into even a 60% snap rate. So there is some upside with Patrick Taylor this week. What about Tucker Craft at 3K? I'm he's not going there. Popular. Yeah, I'm not going there. I mean, he's probably popular because he played 100% of the offensive snaps last week. No, yeah, he's um, going to I mean, he's playing every snap. I was just curious. I mean, yeah. obviously so basically if you're playing a Jordan Love double, you have interest there because of the double side of thing or no? No, still not. No. You don't think he's going to get I mean, some targets? No. The his okay. his touchdown um or yeah, his his touchdown that he scored what was it 3 weeks ago? was a uh, like a from the two or the one and they snuck him out type like we're gonna use this as a, a no, yeah, no. I, I know what his role is yeah. series and like a double from him but that's that's fine yeah um, no I would go to I would just play like Malik and Jaden something like that gotcha well anywho let's go to the final game of uh our breakdowns it's the game that is got the highest over under it's a game that's going to be played at a very 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 high rate the washington commanders are playing the rams the rams are hot matt stafford is throwing three or more touchdowns in three straight games matt stafford is not priced high he is 6k he is yeah. 200 more than Derek carr he is 200 less than jordan love on DraftKings this weekend i fully expect matt stafford to see 28 to 30%, um, just because of the state of the slate, the position that he's in, who he's playing, yeah. and how he's played. Um, the pricing of Cooper Cup and Pukunakua aren't really that high for yeah, what they can do. 7,300, 7,800 from both of them. And then you have a 3K to Marcus Robinson. You have a cheap tight end in uh, Davis Allen, who is outperforming uh, the Jalen Ramsey player in the trade of Hunter Long. Uh, I can't believe that they traded a third or traded Hunter Long, Ramsey for the season. Huh? Hunter Long is done for the season. 
He got hurt again. Yeah, he's. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's on our. He played last week, and then Davis. I mean, Davis Allen was performing before he got hurt, but that sucks. Mm-hmm. Sorry, buddy. But Davis Allen at 3,300 again. It's tight end. It's an easy one. I don't think there's much to really like dive into in this game because it's it's pretty simple on the Ram side of the ball. Matt Stafford, Kyron Williams, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, all of them could do it. I think that if I'm playing Matt Stafford, I want Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams, <laughs> Matt Stafford is better when Kyron Williams is on the field. <laughs> Matt Stafford will throw to Kyron Williams. Kyron yeah. Williams gets this Todd Gurley-esque usage that we used to see with McVay in this offense. And during that era, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup also performed throughout their weeks. So I don't really hate the going a double stack of Matt Stafford with Kyron in it. Um, I think that they can blow out this commander's team who's had a bye week. They fired some guys. Doesn't really matter. They don't have the talent to be able to uh, cover these two players. My preference is Puka Nakua over Cooper Cup. And the reason for that is just because of formationally what the commanders have struggled against is what Puka Nakua has outperformed Cooper Cup in from a yards per route run and targets per route run. It's again, it could be either or. I don't hate Cooper Cup this week. It's just more of a what's my preference between the two. It's a coin flip. I lean Puka Nakua. Um, and then on the Washington side of things, it's for me, it's McLaurin, Dotson, um, Logan Thomas. And with Brian Robinson out, I don't hate Antonio Gibson. I don't love it. I don't think it's something I'm going to like slam home, but it's something that I'm obviously going to eye just based on if I do attack this game environment, I'm going all the way. Like I'm not going to sit here and try to play Matt Stafford with a double and just one run back. I want to, cause I want the shootout. Um, and then on top of it, like the Rams secondary is beatable. The Rams corners on the boundary are very beatable. They have performed this season. They have done some great things down the field, I've seen a lot of deep opportunities that quarterbacks have underthrown, quarterbacks have uh, misplaced, receivers have dropped, that I think the commanders, pass catchers, can take advantage of if they can protect Sam Howell for long enough. Uh, Dotson would be my main guy in that area just because of the price he is at and the fact that I think he's disappointed the field enough to where... People are just going to stare at Curtis Samuel and be like, well, he's caught a lot more passes. I want Curtis Samuel over him. I I don't think there's any, um, I mean, I think McLaurin's going to be the highest played. Logan Thomas will be second. And then I think these two receivers will basically be even and it's not going to be significant. Um, But that's all I've pretty much got to say on that one. Do you have any, or how are you attacking this one? How are you playing the Matt Stafford versus Sam Howell mega matchup? I think my interest is primar- primarily with the Rams, and I don't think you need to force a bring back. We talked like ad nauseum this season about the fact that, like, yeah, Washington is valuable because they have an extreme pass rates, they play fast, but they're most valuable for what they do to game environments, not necessarily for any of their players because the concentration is not there on a weekly basis. In the same, along the same lines, the Rams defense is this ultra prevent style zone heavy type defense where it's very hard to get those explosive plays against for a guy like Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson isn't really an explosive play guy. He's a body type control wide receiver. But um, yeah, the 
per target per touch upside is takes a dent in this matchup for Washington Commanders players, and they already are not in a concentrated offense. So my thinking is like you can just buy into this game environment through the Rams. Um, and the Rams have scored 31 points or more in three consecutive weeks. So they are like in full desperation, making a play at the playoffs, uh, making their final push. And like we're finally, I had been preaching it for like the first six, seven, eight weeks of the season. Like eventually Matthew Stafford is going to see that touchdown regression like happen. Um, and it's, we're finally, we're finally there. Um, Matthew Stafford has been playing at an elite level, somewhat quiet or extremely quietly. Like no one is talking about Stafford, but what he is doing, managing this offense and moving the chains, like he has been playing at an elite level. He has been minimizing the mistakes. Yeah. He, I mean, he's going to throw interceptions. That's Matthew Stafford. But, um, as far as like reading defenses and bringing that veteran presence, Stafford is playing like at an elite level right now. So it's good to finally see like, he had one game of multiple touchdown passes through his first eight games. It's oh, like, yeah. there's no way this is sustainable. Like, and now he's thrown um, 10 over the last three. So yeah, it, it's finally here. Matthew Stafford plus Kyron Williams plus um, Cooper cup is my preferred way to dive fully into that offense. Um, it just feels like Cooper cup. Not that like he's turning a corner, but just that the offense is becoming more, um, more, how do I say this? The offense has been forcing or changing to the sense that Cooper cup is now becoming a point of emphasis again. Whereas like when he was just came off of injury and then he got re-injured and he missed those games. Um, the offense was not like, Sean McVay was not dialing up an offense to get Cooper cup in space, which was yeah. like what he did last season. Now I saw components of that last week um, against a very difficult secondary in the Baltimore Ravens. And we don't know if that's going to continue or not, but like, I want to be there because we know Cooper cup has 50 point upside. Uh, if that is the case. Um, yes. Like Puka Nakua has performed better. Um, in the underlying yeah. metrics against what we expect, um, what we expect out of the spot from Washington in the same sense, like Cooper cup, we know that he can win against man. We know that he can win yeah. in um, <laughs> against single high. We know that he can win against the blitz. Like if he has schemed the touches, that's where I want to be. And I think that we might see that this week. So that's kind of how I'm seeing the spot. Like don't overthink it. I think I love pairing Kyron Williams at, or um, including him in that stack. Uh, because you're just basically accounting for all the touchdowns. Like you have a chance, like the, the Rams could score five, six touchdowns in the spot. And there is a legitimate path to all five or six of those touchdowns going through those three players. Um, so I want to be there for that. Yeah. I mean, obviously again, I don't, we're, we're both not saying don't play Matt Stafford with Cooper cup and Pukunukua. That's yeah. obviously very viable and not mm -hmm. something that I'm sitting here saying is just, not going to happen it's not going to work but again we both prefer the running back receiver uh matt stafford stack i do not want to play to marcus robinson i don't think that's yeah. the matchup i want to go to i think it's a spot where there's a lot of other 3k wide receivers that i deem are better than him um and he can get his 40 50 receiving yards that's fine like as long as he doesn't score like it doesn't yeah. really affect you you want him to get yards for matt stafford to hit the 300 yard bonus um and help pay off the 6k price tag and perform a gpp score so 
he can perform in Matt Stafford, still not him not be needed in the winning lineup, especially with some of these other guys. But that brings me to Hilo, who is your favorite value on the slate? Real quick, I forgot to mention, dude, on, on the Rams, um, Tyler Higby returned to a full practice with that neck injury oh, on okay. Thursday. So, yeah, he's going to play. So yeah. that kind of puts a dent on the Davis Allen thing. But yeah, um, no, that, yeah, that means you'll see. I mean, yeah, Tyler Higby is another guy that like you could play Puka, Tyler Higby and Matt Stafford. Oh, God, Matt Stafford throws for all the touchdowns and Kyron just hits like 100 yards. Cause yeah, that's what he's probably going to do. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, my favorite value on the slate is Noah Brown. Um, and I think a lot of people are probably not going to get there just because it's uh, David. It's Davis Mills season. Here we go again. Um, but Davis Mills with Bobby Slowick is probably a lot different than, oh God, I don't even remember who was calling place with him last year. Um, David Cooley? Yeah, <laughs> you remember. Anyway, uh, Bobby Slowick is a different animal uh, altogether. We, we digress. Um, yeah, so if we already know that Tank Dell is out. I assume based on what happened earlier this season that Nico Collins is also going to be out. I mean, he had a calf strain that um, he didn't practice all week and then he missed the following game and came back the following game already once this season. Um, same thing is happening again this time. So I'd assume that Nico Collins is going to miss. And on the other side, Dalton Schultz is going to return, I think, um, this week. So it's basically like Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz, and then like Mechie Hutchinson and a bunch of guys that are probably going to play situational roles for this team. So Noah Brown, I mean, he had that back-to-back -back like 27 plus point fantasy outings um, in the middle of the season. Yeah, that was with CJ Stroud. But if he is the focal point of this offense at only 5K, um, I'm all over that. I will. I have an interest in Xavier Hutchinson. I can't play Noah Brown with Davis Mills. I just can't. I can't do it. I think that the Texans are going to kind of have the offense. They're going to be better, but when you don't have good players, you can't perform on offense. It's just mm -hmm. how things work. Um, and I don't care how good your scheme is. Kyle Shanahan would not be able to put up a ton of points if he doesn't have one like his players. Like he, it's just not going yeah. to be uh, the case. Like Brock Purdy would obviously struggle if McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk and Kittle were Noah Brown, Xavier Hutchinson, Damian <laughs> Pierce and company. But yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but regardless, I don't, I don't abs, I don't hate it, but I just, I don't, I will not be going there. Uh, my favorite value on the slate is actually a deep ball. I'm going to chase it. I'm going to chase the deep play against the New Orleans Saints with Jalen Hyatt. Uh, I watched the Panthers game last weekend. Bryce Young missed three touchdowns. Few of them, he was pressured. Um, that's missed, hurt me. But other ones, it was just like, dude, you got to run this a little bit hard. You got to run the route a little bit better, whatever the case may be. I think the over the middle, down the field looks will be there because I think the Saints will give them uh, a safety on Hyatt, enough plays for Hyatt to have that big game. I think that Hyatt, for me, at the price range and what I think he's going to get played at, um will be a great value and then my favorite player for ceiling this weekend is stefan diggs uh he's playing his brother's team obviously that's just a little added motivation to go do it against your brother's team but on top of it the dallas cowboys are going to play man and they're they're going to live in man coverage they don't care that you have good receivers they believe that their corners can man up against your good receivers and some of the good receivers have been shut down by these corners stefan gilmore was all over aj brown um, obviously Devonta Smith, 
had a few drops, I believe, last weekend, if I'm not mistaken. But regardless, yeah. you're going to get man coverage, and you're going to have to beat the man in front of you. And that might be Deron Bland. That might be Stefan Gilmore. Uh, the Bills are going to motion him around to get the matchup they want. But regardless, it's going to be a corner, one of those two, on him. I believe Diggs can win in that scenario. I think that Diggs hasn't had a big game. He hasn't had a 100-yard game since October. It's been, it's, yeah. we are now in December. This is a game where we got them going back to 12 personnel. We've seen back-to-back -back games of Diggs getting 11 targets. I think this is the blow-up game for Stefan Diggs, and I want to get to it, especially with the way that the slate is playing and the fact that, again, we just talked about the Cowboys' uh, Bills game probably not getting played as much as it should, and that's because of the pricing in this Washington uh, Rams or Commanders Rams game that is happening this weekend. Hilo, yeah. who is your slate breaker ceiling type play? So I told you one earlier, and I'm going to change it. Actually, it was Cooper Cup. Right. We already talked about that, um, and I want to change it for a very specific reason. We and it, it goes into like the definition of slate breaker, and I think this player can absolutely wreck the slate because of where he's priced, and that's Amari Cooper. Um, I was all over Amari Cooper last week as one of the top leverage plays on the slate. I played him with Evan Ingram in that game after um, a hobbled Trevor Lawrence was going to play because hobbled Trevor Lawrence without Christian, whatever. It, we, don't, we don't have to get into that. That was one of the most elite like leverage spots on the entire season. And now after Cooper Cup saw 14 targets, or not Cooper Cup, Jesus, Amari Cooper saw 14 targets last week. I get this feeling that the field is going to glom on to David Njoku uh, because he scored twice. Um, but we look at like, I have been relentlessly attacking this Cleveland Browns pass offense with Flacco um, because they're just letting the dude air it out. And yeah, now, yeah. now that he picked up a contract and now that he has all those incentives, the dude gets 2 million additional on his contract. If he wins the Super Bowl this year. Talk about like this dude is going to be. I think it's like 250 for making the playoffs, it's like 500 for going yeah. to the conference He's championship. Launching it, yeah. This dude is gonna be straight heaving, dude. And I want to be there for that. Um, and Amari Cooper is, I mean, he saw five targets to one of Elijah Moore prior to departing two weeks ago. He returned, saw 14 targets with Flacco. So, this is a guy that like has the has the upside to lead the slate in targets and he's priced at 6k it's a very uncomfortable range for wide receiver pricing typically players want to go up or they want to go down from that range so i think he's going to go largely overlooked in this spot it's not like a great gucci matchup on paper the bears defense has been playing a lot better but he has the upside to like legitimately go for 15 targets 150 and two uh type at only 6k this week yeah, no, this is going to be a matchup for the Cleveland Browns that down the field looks are going to be there. Flacco is just launching it. The only yeah. issue I had was just because of the injuries that they've sustained. Jedrick Wills went out like they've had a lot of injuries to the just the whole team is uh, beat up on that spot right now. But Mari yeah. Cooper at 6K again, we want volume. That's that's all we're asking for for our players. And if you're telling me that Mari Cooper is in a spot where they probably I mean, they could be trailing. In this game, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Bears take a lead with the fact that their offense is like just run heavy fields as an athlete with all the injuries they have to the defensive side of the ball in Cleveland. So Amari Cooper gets 14 targets at 6K. That's a player I agree with that I would want to buy into. It's actually a player that did make my pool. Actually, I just checked to see if he was in there and he is And at the 6K range. It's really a gross. 
It's D Hop, yeah. Rasheed Rice, Amari Cooper, Garrett Wilson. Ew. Uh, people are going to play Garrett Wilson and Terry McLaurin because they saw D Hop perform against the Dolphins. So now that mm-hmm. uh, Zach Wilson looked good and threw the ball to Garrett Wilson, we're going to play him against the Dolphins. I hate that. I don't think that yeah. that's going to hold true. The Titans O line just blocked the Dolphins really well. The Dolphins will make adjustments and they're going to rely on that defense to carry them in this one, which I think they do. Hilo, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up this thing up? No, man. That sounds good to me. Play Rams. Don't be afraid of that chalk. That's one that I will eat at this point in the season with all the things that we know about the Washington Commanders. Thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to check out my main slate article that will be live on the site on Saturday. Our top plays collaboration between me, Hilo, Josh Larkey, Ryan Reynolds. That will be on the slate. Or site on saturday as well and hilo's approach to a lot of the chalk this upcoming weekend hilo definitely has some intriguing takes i can't believe i did not play the evan ingram uh mini with amari cooper i think if me and you would have combined desmond ritter being great with evan ingram (laughs) we would have probably taken down everything yeah i did uh i did okay in the 555 milli last week no sweat this time but um profit i got 1200 on that slate actually um I played Brock Purdy on it, though, because I was – I forgot why I was – oh, I wanted the Brock Purdy double because I, I love that stack as well. Yeah, yeah. Brock Purdy double got there, and I played Drake London, who was my pathway for Desmond Ritter anyways. But other than that, appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast, and good luck this weekend.